Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at NOMCASTPOD and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen... Please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Baba! Nothing. You done? <laughs> story elements, Butler. Story is a great thing. It's about is what we're doing. You're telling there me is a story, great story here. I, I don't. I'm like, oh, you're, you're done. You're done. He hasn't. Let, he's still leaping, but he's not home yet. Right? Just, they just need to do the episode before everyone dies. Ziggy. <laughs> so when he has sex with them, <laughs> they bang. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the podcast, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Let's do this. That's all I got. All right. What's going on? Nothing. All right. Just chilling, chilling. All right. Season 10, uh, episode two. Episode I've two. I've already forgotten the episode numbers, so that's jumped, good. Jumped from that? the uh, 80s into the 2010s, late 2010s. Uh, 2018 to be exact. This is one of our you picked later this. movies. You chose yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and I got you. Yes. Four years old. Three years old. Four years old. Uh, we are doing the bad times at... No, excuse me. That's not the. We are doing bad times at El Royale. No, excuse me. We are doing bad times at the El Royale. A uh, movie from 2018. Before I get into some facts, I guess give this uh, weak-ass uh, synopsis a go. <laughs> Six strangers, each with their own secrets, meet at the El Royale Hotel of Lake Tahoe. Taking place over one night, alliances are made and secrets are revealed. That's not good. Yeah. Most of these summaries say early 1970s, and that's not technically accurate because it's supposed to be 1969, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Bad Times at the El Royale has a runtime of 141 minutes. It's rated R, production budget of $32 million. It came out on a Friday, October 12th, 2018, like we said before. Opening weekend, it did $7.1 million, domestic 17.8, and worldwide 31.8. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but that kind of shocked me that it was, it's considered a box office flop. Yeah. It, that doesn't make any sense. I, that's surprising. I mean, we'll get into what it went up against. Uh, so maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, production company is TSG Entertainment and Goddard Textiles and distributed by 20th Century Fox. I always miss that. Uh, we're always going to miss that logo when it comes on screen. 
the, the drums and the and the whatnot. They still have it, just doesn't have Fox underneath it's still it not anymore. The same, but yeah, it's still not the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it came out on October twelfth. It went up against First Man, the Ryan Gosling uh, in space movie, <laughs> and Goosebumps Two: Haunted Halloween. Uh, uh, the week after the nineteenth, you had Halloween the remake reboot slash no it's the sequel 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 to halloween 2 right yes one uh i believe just one only one exists so two doesn't exist only one okay that is that's jimmy lee curtis came back that was the one that was directed by david gordon green and uh what he came up with the idea with danny mcbride danny mcbride yeah but we're not talking about halloween anyways you had the hate you give which came out on a wide release the Old Man and the Gun and the Sisters Brothers. And in a limited release, you had Can You Ever Forgive Me and Mid-90s. Which one was Can You Ever Forgive Me? That is the one with Melissa McCarthy where she is the writer who plagiarizes oh, right. letters yep, from yep. other writers. Uh, i seen it. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, and Mid-90s is the one that Jonah Hill directed or wrote? Yeah, something like that. He yeah. didn't direct it. Did he direct it? I don't know. Okay. He's involved. On October 5th, which is the week before this movie came out, you had Venom, you're a loser like me, Eddie. Venom. Venom. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. <laughs> and A Star is Born. Uh, so, I mean, I think Venom and A Star is Born and then Halloween, it being sandwiched in between that, maybe it you really it couldn't find its footing. This, yeah, there's this movie. a lot of movies surrounding that. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, in October now, you have it's a decent movie month now where you have a lot of you know Halloween Halloween movies and scary movies and you start getting into I mean you don't really start seeing the Oscar uh nominated type films in, in October although Can You Ever Forgive Me was something that I think she got nominated I think they both got nominated her and Richard Grant I'm not sure I think you're right yeah so this movie ba- uh, Battle at the- Battle geez <laughs> this movie Bad Times at the El Royale was written and directed by Drew Goddard he directed Cabin in the Woods, uh, a couple episodes of The Good Place, the TV show. He's also written Cloverfield, World War Z, and The Martian. Um, yes, he's done some Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Uh, cinematography by Seamus McGarvey. I love that name. Uh, he has uh, been nominated for an Oscar for Atonement, Anna Karenina, uh, Karenina excuse me, and Darkest Hour. Not the Darkest Hour where there's uh, the in Russia and they've got the light monsters. It's actually the one with... <laughs> Winston Churchill. Yeah, Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. Composer is Michael Giacchino. Uh, I think I said that right. He mm-hmm. won an Oscar for uh, his music in Up. He was nominated for Ratatouille. He's also done the most recent Star Trek. I like to bring that up for Butler. Edited by Lisa Lysick. No one can see you pointing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, she has done Circle and The Avengers, Avengers Age Voltron. She's done a lot of... Uh, Joss Whedon stuff and Goddard has a connection to Joss Whedon. I apologize for bringing that name up. Produced <laughs> by Drew Goddard and Jeremy Latcham. Goddard has actually went on to produce the other Cloverfield movies. So 10 Cloverfield Lane and the Cloverfield Paradox. And Latcham has uh, directed, excuse me, has produced, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers, a lot of the uh, Marvel movies. So he's probably doing well financially. Uh, Jeff Bridges <laughs> plays Father Daniel Flynn and Doc O'Kelly is the same person. Uh, Jeff Bridges has been nominated for lots of Oscars. Uh, Last Picture Show, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Starman, The Contender, True Grit, and Hell or High Water. He has actually won an Oscar for his role in Crazy Heart. Cynthia Irvio, as I say that right? Is it Irvio? Arrivo, I thought. Arrivo? Did I I not write it down right? That's probably what I... You know what? That is a spelling error. There we go. (laughs) Let's change that. All right. Cynthia Arrivio as Darlene Sweet. Did I say it right? 
you added an extra I. Fuck, I put the I in the wrong spot. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, my bad. My bad. Cynthia Arrivo. What's her name again? Cynthia Arrivo as okay. Darlene right. Sweet. <laughs> Cynthia Arrivo as Darlene Sweet. She has been nominated for Oscar and Harriet. She's also in Widows, the TV show The Outsider, and the TV show Genius, where she played Aretha Franklin. That is a show that's on what's the National Geographic. Dakota Johnson as Emily Summerspring. I'm going to get back to the names in a second. Uh, she's <laughs> in Fifty Shades of Grey, The High Note, and The Social Network. John Hamm as Laramie Seymour Sullivan and Dwight Broadback. That's the same person. Uh, he was in Richard Jewell, Lucy in the Sky, which I've yet to see and I want to. Baby Driver. Obviously, he is more notably known as Don Draper in Mad Men. And he's also in the movie The Town. Chris Hemsworth as Billy Lee. Uh, he is in Thor in a bunch of movies. He's also in Star <laughs> Trek, which got him Thor. And he's also in the Netflix film Extraction. Uh, Kaylee Spaney as Rose Summerspring. She's in the TV show Mayor of Easttown. She played um, Aaron McMenamin. So if you have not seen Mayor of Easttown, I suggest I recommend it. But they won't see it because he doesn't like mysteries, but it's a really good show. I like mysteries. I just don't like these HBO mysteries that well, just keep popping well, up. Well, you're just, you're just, you're missing out. You're missing out. I don't think You're that. missing out. Mm. Uh, she's also in On the Basis of Sex and The Craft Legacy, the sequel that came out or the not the yeah, I guess the sequel. They didn't make a second one. So it's it's yeah. the continuation. Lewis Pullman as Miles Miller. He's in Battle of the Sexes. Lean on Pete. Catch 22, the TV show. And I believe he's the son of Bill Pullman. He is. And he looks exactly like Bill Pullman. Oh, no way. Really? Oh, yeah. I thought he looked like Bill, like Bill Pullman. Pullman and Tom Holland smushed together. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> but like I'm watching this going, he's got to be Bill, Bill Pullman's son. I'm looking up and go. Oh, that's I think stuff. we've talked about him before on the show and something else, and I don't remember why. I think we've discussed Lewis Pullman. I don't know why, but I just, I'm not sure. I, I remember us. I just like it could oh, be we yeah. talked about him when we watched this three years ago. Oh, maybe <laughs> that might be true too. And then you have a couple of uh, people in there, like Nick Offerman as Felix O'Kelly. He plays uh, Jeff Bridges' character, Doc O'Kelly's uh, brother. Mm -hmm. He's obviously in TV show Parks and Recreation. And then Shea Wiggum as Doctor Woodbury Lawrence. He's the t he's in TV show Boardwalk Empire. That's how I know him. He played the doctor that tells Jeff Bridges that he's dying or. He has uh, Alzheimer's. Now, I want to get to the names real quick before we get to the other stuff. These names feel like overly cinematic movie names. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? This movie is overly cinematic. Yes, that's one of my other notes about this movie. And I don't know if it's a negative or a positive. Like, too, like when I was writing it down, right. I'm just like, everything is so overt. And I'm like, do I like this? Do I not like that part of it? Like, I like the movie. I don't want to, I'm not going to, We are. I'm going to cast some shade, but I do like the movie overall. I okay. just, I feel like there's a lot of like overtly, we're not hiding it. This is a, you know, we're going to be as cool and slick and stylized as possible. And you're going to fucking love it. So deal with it. Like, I feel like it's that a lot of times. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. That, uh, that I think that's bugs a good me, thing though. I don't, why does that bug you? You talk about like style is cool. Like this is, this is style but there's still substance there there's still acting there well, there's still no I, okay uh but yeah no this is absolutely over cinematic almost like a clue feel to it kind of like in terms of the names and the, the the just like this is a mystery we're leaning heavy into that this is not reality in any way i know what you're saying with the clue reference but i don't know if it, that's a great reference because clue is based on a board game that everyone grew up playing so i think that's why those names are okay but i understand what you're saying with that kind of reference saying i think that. that's why those names are so but they're not ridiculous. Ridiculous. i don't know some any of these some names. of them like you know you know emily summer spring i'm a su summer really summer spring like you just couldn't think of a name so you push the two seasons together emily summer spring is an absolute like ridiculous it is like penny novel like mystery novel yeah name. no yeah. i get that but see 
And again, so you bring that up. So now I'm thinking of the nice guys. I'm thinking of, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. I, I, that stuff. I don't know. It just seems like. It seems like like a movie like the nice guys or a movie like anything that I'm blank on Shane, that Shane Black is putting into his movies. Or what's the other film? Uh, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Like that's all tongue in cheek where it's like almost like he's looking at the audience as he's directing it or writing it. You know what I mean? Like we're right. in with it. This doesn't come from that place for me. This feels like it's from a place of he's, and I'm not saying this, but he, it feels that he is standing above me, looking down, going, this is awesome. Right. You know, it's awesome. But Just you admit it. You are saying that. I know, but I, but that's what, but that's what <laughs> I'm that, not saying this, no, but no, this is I'm what I'm not he's saying doing. that that was his intent, but I'm in turn, I'm talking about Drew Goddard, but what I'm saying is that is what I'm feeling that it, I'm, I'm, this movie feels like with its style, just the style stuff. We'll get to the substance. All that stuff feels like it's coming. It's looking down on me. Whereas with the other stuff, if that feels like I'm along for the ride, that's all. I, I don't know why I, I feel that I, way. I do not get that at all. I, okay. I don't. I, I really enjoy the style. I like the ridiculous names. I like the. I, I'm not saying I don't like it. the kind of fantasy almost world that they're like they're almost in this little bubble world that doesn't really exist yeah i read the note where uh some of the people that were criticizing the film critics not criticism but critics were talking about how this is purgatory and like it's like okay can we get a can we can we get a go over ourselves for a second here it's not purgatory <laughs> feel doesn't like themes or thematics if it was i just i just <laughs> i think you're looking for something that isn't there i mean because if you're really saying it's purgatory then they would never have left. Oh, they that's never true. had yeah. the oh, final scene. They meant literally it was purgatory. I, well, it felt like that's what I was reading. I mean, thematically, sure, I can see that. But yeah, literally, no. Yeah, that's yeah, you don't get yeah, out of purgatory. Yeah, they go to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should say, like, we we don't say this very often on our podcast, but spoiler alert's like we're gonna spoil the hell out of this movie. Well, why people should know that we're gonna spoil it. They don't know that well, already. At this point, like this movie is leans heavily into you have to kind okay, of experience yeah. it if you have not seen time, this yeah. movie and you would like to continue uh, please stop listening because i mean we'll come back to it so we can get yeah, the view but the entire movie is all twists or maybe let this run and but put the put the, the mute, on mute, the mute on so they we still get the download and the view and but we know <laughs> i almost made that my twitter post for two player bros this week oh really? just let it play <laughs> listen or don't just let it play in the back <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I really enjoy this style. I love the look of the hotel. I think it, it's a really cool looking hotel. Okay. Um, I mean, it's super dated, but I think that really works in its favor. But I really enjoy the line that goes through the hotel. I enjoy that one half's in California, one half's in Nevada, which I think uh, Louis Pullman's character, Miles Miller, does a really good job when he does his, you can stay in the great state of California, mm -hmm. the great, and he's got that whole spiel. Yeah. Um, this is based on a hotel that was once owned by Frank Sinatra. The Calneva Resort and Casino. I don't know if this necessarily sat on the border like it did, but I know that this is based on uh, a real life hotel. The hotel that yeah. existed. Yeah. I mean, I think the colors in the hotel are really cool. You get the coolness that is um, California and the kind of orange colors in Nevada. Yeah. Or is that vice versa? No, I, I guess. Cool colors in California, warm colors in Nevada. If you, When you're looking at the main lobby of the hotel. I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. And all the rooms look really different, which is really cool in our different styles. The color palette of everything is really cool, especially in the lobby, but all the all the hotel rooms are different. Obviously, the movie takes place in the 60s, but I believe that the design of the hotel and the color palette really set it in that decade better than most things I've seen take that take place in the 60s, especially nowadays where you try to ground it in reality or you're trying to hide things because you maybe have the budget for it. I think the fact that you're in one place that's just steeped in this 60s just smorgasbord of style really helps set it apart from other films of 
that take that are around now. Even Nice Guys, which takes place in the seventies, right? Yeah. You know, because they're outside and they're just kind of in real locations now, and they're trying to use buildings that just still exist. Loses, I think, a little bit of that. Whereas this is just like really in your face, and maybe that's Nice Guys isn't trying to be as in your face with it as Bad Times is. Well, first they built this whole set from the ground up, so they 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 design this entire. Uh, set of you know the inside the, the right the, yeah all that stuff was built they didn't find this and you know retrofit it it was all built for specifically with with the, i know because it was the second time we we're bringing up nice guys the scene in nice guys that i always think about that kind of where you're kind of like going down that trip down nostalgia memory lane or right. whatever is when they're driving downtown la and you look at all the billboards that are up and and you just see, you know, obviously everything is uh, digitally altered, but you just see like the old movie. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, but that's only like maybe one time in that, uh, in that movie. And the other times when they're on sets and locations, it's real locations that are retrofitted to look, you know, pretty much like it was in the seventies. This with bad times at Del Royale, when, again, I'm going back to the stylized. It's that stranger things effect where they're mining your nostalgia for that era. Oh, sure. You know what it's I mean? Pro- it's to the way detriment. more than it probably actually right. is. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's that's probably my main... I don't mind nostalgia and I don't mind that, but there's it's almost like there's a percentage level that when you start inching up towards like 90%, like when you're in Stranger Things and the show Stranger Things, right? and they have everything known to man from the 80s, like it just pops up as a reference. Like, oh, they have this and this. It's like right. nobody had everything like that. Nobody had every single thing that came out. Nobody had jarts. Not everybody had jarts, like all that stuff. Like not, you know, when you were growing up in the 80s, you didn't have every single thing that was out there. But when you go to watch this show like Stranger Things, they have everything that was ever popular in the 80s all at once. Right. And it's just, it, it just feels disingenuous. And I'm just... And I'm not saying that bad times at the El Ralph is that level of disingenuous, but it's close. You've been real negative on this uh, movie right now. Because. But be- this, the difference between with bad times is people that are watching bad times aren't people that were, you know, were grown up in the 60s. They're not watching this movie. This movie is for people like you and me who are, are younger, who are watching this kind of stylized movie. Nobody who grew up in the 60s is going to watch this movie and go, oh, it's good. They like old movies. They're watching Turner classics, Turner movie classics. Uh this isn't really reaching for your nostalgia. This is really reaching for, because I think people like you and me don't have a nostalgia for this. They just kind of know the style and there's nothing, no specific, like stranger things, like you said, hits you with brands. Yes. This doesn't really hit you with brands. It just hits you with a particular style, a particular mood, a particular, like this is this time period. I understand that. Where stranger thing goes, remember that action figure you had he man with skeleton. And I'm not saying that bad times is where Stranger Things is, but I'm saying that it's inching, it's more towards that than it is not. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. I, I like in Bad Times, and even more the second time I watched it, as like almost like a stage play in that heightened stuff with the built set, the the way the acting is, the costumes, the story, the the names, all of that all really reminds me of like, it's a stage play mystery, but done super stylized with all the techniques that a... a a cinematic experience can bring you. Sure. Well, let's get it. Let's we'll get off style a little bit <laughs> because I do have some story stuff that I want to, I question. Yeah, that's right. Brother. Why do you not like this movie? I thought I, you liked I this do movie. like this movie, but <laughs> I, I just, there's some, for instance, the opening of the movie, it starts off where it's in the past. It's 10 years in the past. Right. 
They don't say that. They say that 10 years later after it happens. You find out later. And it's basically Nick Offerman's character, Felix, comes into this hotel room. It's just one shot. And you're getting the sense that you're looking at through the two-way mirror that you inevitably find uh, out about. Yes. Yeah. Um, Or is it a one-way mirror? What is it called? Two-way? Two-way mirror. It's called the two-way mirror. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, and you see him roll up the rug. You see him bury the money. And then we move on and he gets shot. And then 10 years later, here we are. Uh, then Then you meet Father Flynn. Mm-hmm. And he is, you, you kind of don't know who Father Flynn is a little bit. He's there. You meet everyone else. You meet Darlene and all this stuff. And then when when you see, when you find, um, excuse me, when uh, Laramie, uh, John Hamm's character, is in mm-hmm. the hallway, he discovers a secret hallway, and he walks past Father Flynn's room, you see Father Flynn digging up the floorboard. So you immediately know right. what's going on there. Right. My question to you is why? Why start off the movie? With what's buried under there, wouldn't it be better to leave the Father Flynn stuff a mystery? Like, so if you can, can think about watching this movie without the opening? And when Laramie walks by and you see him digging up the floorboard, you're like, "What is he doing?" Like, don't you think that that mystery element would be a little bit more, would be better? Like, why not show the stuff with the buried stuff in the flashback when he try when he tells. Who, when he tells maybe Darlene what happened or whatever, like why not show that in a flashback? Well, because he doesn't necess- he wasn't necessarily there. Sure, all the other flashbacks follow the actual characters that are flashing back. The by you have to follow on Offerman at the beginning because you don't have a chance to do it. What like following Father Flynn back because that's not the way that narrative is told in those flashbacks. Sure, and I also like the fact that we know that there is money in the hotel. We know at least one part of the mystery. I like having one puzzle piece. Uh, I don't know. I don't because I got another part. Like, but go ahead. Keep, I don't mean to cut you because you apologies. get all the suspicions of all the characters right there. And you're like, oh, he's something involved with that money. But like, sure. who is he? Because, you know, right at the start, he's not a priest. I mean, that's pretty obvious. And that's fine, though. But the, I understand. I'm just saying, let's keep it mysterious further. My my other thing with that, my other kind of point, and this is along the same lines, the character of Rose. We discover that Rose kills the doctor. Really early, we discover a flash where she's standing there with the knife and the blood, and you figure out what's happening. Yeah, it's yeah. why? Why show that so early? Why not just why not not understand what's going on? Like, why can't that mystery be revealed later on when Billy Lee says, "You know what she did," and then we're like, right. "Then we learn." Then I think that would be better. I actually think the Darlene Rose stuff is actually the weakest aspect to this story, uh, and I, I like the Billy Lee breakdown at the end. I like that whole scene. I think it's it's. Got a lot of really great character moments, but I think overall their story is the weakest story of the uh, Darlene of the and Rose. Separate. Darlene and Rose and Lily, that whole thing. Right. Although I like, you know, that that brings this kind of devil like sure. character into the, the the picture. I think that it is very weak. So I do agree with you there. They should yeah. reveal Rose killed the doctor and that doctor should have some kind of more meaning throughout the like i don't care that she killed the doctor that's the that's yeah. the thing that i don't they like say that yeah, exactly and they reference the fact that this is supposed to be like the sharon tate murders or he's supposed to be charles manson oh, the yeah. song you hear when you first meet billy lee when he's in the poppy field or wherever the hell he is is mom and the pop is the same song that supposedly was playing when they discovered the bodies uh of sharon tate and and her friends and all that stuff and the, that terrible murder uh but so that's that's supposed to be what it references that's like right like, okay but like I I don't know. I just thought that the early reveal of the opening, I thought you didn't need it. I I, I thought keeping Father Flynn a mystery longer would have been a little bit better and the mystery of Rose longer. Those are two things that I can't ignore 
And I'm just like, I just think you just you, you it's like you pulled the curtain too soon. That's what I think. See, I disagree because I really like the the opening is really well done. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as you see him get shot in the end and it's Nick Offerman. So you think at, at this point he's Parks and Rec still going on. He's a pretty big deal. You're like, oh, that's that's a pretty big deal. And then he gets shot and it's like, OK, why? What is this all about? Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that part of it. I, I do think that that really leads you into the mystery and makes you kind of you're you're into it because it is a little bit of a slow buildup if you're not into Obviously, the acting in the opening is really great and stuff, and I'm I'm into it. It's like a stage play come to yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people wouldn't be so into it if it didn't go like, "Why the fuck am I watching this movie right now?" To your point, it didn't make money, so it didn't matter. So it wouldn't have mattered what we what we're talking about because it didn't make any money. That's because it wasn't really straight. And we'll you liked <laughs> you liked Clue, and Clue doesn't start like that. Clue starts like the cars going to the house. So like it starts off. I, I like Clue too. I don't mean to say you. Re- <laughs> I meant you referenced Clue, right? Like, you know. So I don't think there's anything wrong with starting off with the car going. Because the first person you see in terms of in the present right. is the protagonist, is the one that survives, is the, is the good person, is Darlene, is Darlene so, yeah. supposedly, which she is. And we can get to her a little bit later. Uh, so why not make. So I just want to say I misspoke earlier when I said Darlene's story was the worst. Darlene is, is, is. She's got an interesting story. I met Dakota Johnson's character. Oh, Emily? I got the names. Emily's story. You yeah. mean you're talking about the sisters? I'm talking about the sisters, which okay. we kind of kind of got, but I called yeah. her Darlene by accident. But yes. Yeah. No worries. No worries. You, uh, I'm sure you'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah, we, I said the name like eight times. Um, <laughs> absolutely. But I think Clue is... Well, you don't have, I'm just referencing Clue. Is, Clue, Clue is funnier, to, though. Clue has moments sure. like... Oh, it's got that slow build up. You're meeting the protagonist, but it's... It might be slow buildup, but and you're meeting them one by one, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that the opening of Bad Times is funny. It's just well acted and interesting, and, and and I really enjoy it. But I don't think there's a lot for the regular audience. You know, Joe Schmo, who's buying a ticket, you know, going, what can I get? Uh, Two fifty? Yeah, give me that show with Jeff Bridges. Like, uh, he's Schmo. not going to be interested in that opening scene at all. I just think that I think probably the best. <laughs> comment that i can say is that that opening scene doesn't need to be in the beginning maybe that's what i'm saying like i don't need it there i don't I, I, you could have put it somewhere else and it would have i think it would have increased the, the mystery around father flynn more and it would have made his character more interesting i mean i'm just th- all i'm thinking about is when laramie walks by the window going i'm like oh because as soon as he's digging the hole i'm like oh okay well then i know what he's there for i know who i know where his story is and it doesn't really do you do you really not know what he'd be digging in the floor? Like, uh, if I didn't see the opening, no. I, I don't think what it really the, matters. But, but, okay, could, for a body or money, yeah. who cares? Maybe he buried somebody there. It Why? Would, maybe he's crazy. Like, I don't know. That's the thing. If I know what's under there, I'm, it's immediately undercutting his character's uh, mystery. And I, and if this whole movie's around, like, what's going on? I think that I think that hurts it. I'm just saying that it could be done better. I, I just think I think it's a miss. And and uh, again with the rose thing, I have another one for you too. So at the end of the, don't shake your head. These, listen, at the, nothing's perfect. I get it. No movie's perfect. I'm just saying at the end of the movie, we find out about miles, which I like, you know, we uh, find out about who he is. Shit on the miles part. Come on, man. I'm going to shit on the part where, <laughs> where the, where the decision is made by miles to take everybody out. It, it, yes. I understand. Darlene tells him you don't have to kill anybody anymore. But there is, but and it goes back to Miles' face, and Miles still has the same reaction where he's struggling. And there's, and then the next time we see him, he's up and he's a machine, and it's great. It's a great moment, 
But I, I'm missing the moment where he said he decides that he's going to get out of it. That moment is where Darlene accepts her fate and he sees that she's a good like that's his. But you don't see it in his face. You just see her say it. He looks to her and then we cut. And the next thing you see, like, I don't see him just like. I think you see it in his face. It's mm. all very subtle, but you see it. I don't think so. I disagree. <sighs> Watch it again. I have watched. I've watched it twice now. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I it's it's tough to see that you, you like this movie when it's. I, I don't why know. Can, I, why I, can't I? Know. Why can't I have? I'm, I'm I'm making these are these are things that are in my head <laughs> when I'm watching the movie, and I just don't. I don't. I'm like uh, I, I I want more. Maybe maybe it's I want more. You establish your opinions as facts, and it's very hard to argue against you when you establish them as facts. I'm not facts. establishing them as facts. I'm just saying, is, is it a fact that that opening happened in the movie? Yes. I'm just saying, I, my opinion is that it doesn't, it, if it moved, it wouldn't bother me. It, like, I don't like, like, if you said to me, like, Bad Times Out Royale, and you're like, and you're like, there's no other way to open that film. I'd be like, I disagree. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's no other way to open the film, but I'm saying I enjoy the way that it opens. I think it's interesting. It's well shot. It's stylized. Sure. I think that it makes you yeah. want go, oh, okay, yeah. I'm into it. It looks What's great. What's the mystery? But it's who's, at, who's killing that guy? Who is that guy? Where's the money? Who's getting You're the money? absolutely right. It's great. It's a nice opening, but it completely undercuts one of your characters. So you're willing to sacrifice that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you undercut Father Fillin because he's such an interesting protagonist. He's not a good guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's got his mind issues. He's, he's about to roofie Darlene. He wasn't going to diddle her or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how does she see him do that? I That yeah. is something I was Oh, no, you don't like the movie. Oh, no, my, my parts are not like, I'm going to shit in this for like 20 minutes. But I think when you flash back to her, she takes she clearly takes off her shoes so she can sneak up on him. And you flash back to that moment, her POV, but you still she never sees him doing anything. You, you need a moment where she sees maybe in the mirror that he's roofing her maybe. or how'd you know? Or yeah. there's really no. Yeah. Agreed. There's no tell. Yeah. There's no way. I don't understand how she could have figured out what he was doing. Right. Uh, if you showed me a shot of the mirror. Sure. I got that. But that's the seat. Now we're talking like again. This is the third or fourth thing that I'm saying to you that we're missing in this movie for me. That's quite. And while I, I agree that I like this movie, I can't sit here and tell you that like, oh, my God, it's just so well done. It's because there's stuff that's missing. I'm sitting here and telling you it's so well done. It, it looks I great. don't think yeah. I don't think the things that you say are missing are necessarily missing. These are story elements. Butler. story is a great thing is about is what we're doing. You're telling there me is a, a story, story here. I, here. I don't think these things that you're saying are missing are missing. But that, that shot is missing. That shot is clearly missing. Yeah. But I don't think that's a make or break plot point. That's so, just okay. a moment where I'm like, it'd be nice if I knew why she was doing Tell it. Tell me why in the movie there's a story that Miles tells him about a man laying with a wolf. Why is that in there? Tell me why. Give me the theme or the thematic element of why that's in there. The disgusting things that he's seen. Aren't that, why? Why that? Why a man laying with a wolf? Why not? I've seen a guy cut up a hooker. Why is it a man laying with a he wolf? He already said he saw Because you're expecting the hooker thing. You're expecting those things. The man laying with a wolf is an unexpected, terrible thing that you saw. He just laid weird. with him. But it why? It wasn't sexual, but see, it wasn't not. See, here's the because thing. I think uh, okay, the, the, the audience is, all right, yeah, so it's going to be a bunch of senators beating up hookers. That's what the audience is expecting. Sure. Or I saw a mafia guy kill a shooter guy in the back of the head. Mm -hmm. You're not expecting some guy to bring a wild wolf in and just lay with it. I think that's just something weird that he's seen. He's just seen a lot of stuff and it's not necessarily murders. He's just seen the depravity of man 
in general. And mm-hmm. I think that's just an example. That's not something you're expecting. Mm-hmm. I think he's just trying to do something unexpected in that speech that, cause I don't think audience would be shocked by that. You know, he beat a hooker till she had to put her stocking. Although that's terrible. It's something that you're expecting him to say something that, you know, you know that he's going to bring up. Right. I, I think that's why that's there. That that's more deplorable than what he's seen in war. Well, I don't think that's that's not true because I think it's the war that he wants to repent for. Right, that's why right, he right. tells Father Flynn that ain't even what I need to repent for, even though it's in the fog of war. And and I'm just asking. I'm just curious. I just think it's yeah. It's yeah, I, he's I, the active participant in the murders. Is the that's wolf, why that's worse for him. Is the wolf story interesting? Yes. I just it feels very film schooly in there. It feel it just films very. It just films very, I, I just, this whole thing is a film film. It's, it's definitely not trying to be what I think you're trying to make it out to be a good movie. No, no I think I'm you're, teasing. I'm teasing. I think you're trying to make it out to be this mystery. I think you want it to be more true detective and it's, it's really it this anything. own kind of thing. It's, it's a mystery version of cabin in the woods. Why, why are my questions to certain ways? The story is told. Why is that not good enough for you? Why can't I have those questions? You can absolutely, but, have- you're, but, you, but you're turning them into the fact that you're saying that I hate the movie and I'm not, but there's things that you are happening in this no, movie. That I'm just because like, why? you haven't given me anything that you are latching onto that you like in the movie. These, okay, we these can things do that. that you're saying you don't like are the things that I like about the movie. So I don't know what you actually like about this film. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. When you were talking about everything else, I was like, yep, yep, I agree. So I have to actually <laughs> physically state my things what I like. No, not at all. Does it look great? Yes. Is this is does the is the set design great, fantastic? Yes. It looked this room everything all that stuff is great. The idea of the back hall, yes. All that stuff the the whole story I enjoy. The whole I always like ensemble movies. So I like the ensemble idea of the movie. I, I like all of that. I like Chris Hemsworth as Billy Lee. I think I'm tired of seeing him as Thor. It's like enough already. Go will you go act and do other things please? I mean I I think he's great in that. I think he's really good. I like Darling. I like uh Arivo in this movie. I like her as Darlene. I like the fact that she is not scared of, of Billy Lee. I like the fact she clearly has his numbers, not once, but twice where he can see it in his face, where he, he is emoting, where he cannot crack her. And he, and she does it twice to him. I enjoy all that. I like Jeff Bridges in this movie. I think Jeff Bridges is really good. in this. it's really tough to play somebody who has Alzheimer's, who has a degenerative condition where that's always in the back of your mind. And like, if you're not paying attention, you would just think he's scatterbrained. You don't understand that he's, sitting there not knowing what his name is all the time or not knowing, you know, where he is. You can tell it though in those moments, especially on a rewatch. I like all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that I can't still have questions about certain story elements and why characters do certain things and why it just, I want more about certain things. That's all. I, I agree with you that I think this movie is going to be two hours and 45 minutes long. If you're really going to give every single character their own, their own like a stronger arc right like if you give the sisters a stronger arc and, and whatnot i don't disagree with you that i want more i think that speaks to how well written the characters are and how well performed they are and then maybe there's stuff that got cut i think this would make a fantastic six-part series oh god uh the six-part series i think it would i think you know follow each character listen mayor of east town if you can like that you can like this mayor of east town's <laughs> a really good movie show excuse me i apologize exactly. really it's good six, show. Uh, it's a six-part series isn't it it's uh it's Seven, eight, seven or eight. Oh, seven would piss me off. <laughs> but I, as you're doing these characters, I would like an episode where each of them would be really cool. But again, that's a whole different thing now uh, if you do that. But yes, you would get to experience the characters more. You'd maybe feel more or feel more shocked when different people get killed off. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that John Hamm is one of the first people, you know, to go in the film. 
Oh, spoiler alert, Butler. I guess we you know that he wasn't uh, originally cast? Who was originally cast? Russell Crowe. He had to drop out. See, if, if Russell Crowe was killed at the beginning, I would have been even more shocked yeah, that they killed off Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. If they play him off as being the lead. Yeah, which they kind of do with John Hamm because you, you figure that he's actually an FBI agent. He's yeah. actually into this case. Yeah. And you are surprised, I think, when he gets just blown away for trying to do the right thing. But that's kind of the theme of the movie is he's the only really good person. Him and Darlene are the only two good people well, in this hotel. Yeah, he, he does. He he's he. Yeah, but he doesn't survive. That's interesting. He but gets he, killed for doing the right thing. Well, he gets killed. He also disobeyed orders, so technically you could say he didn't. But yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Give Morally, the, yes. Get me the smut tapes, Ham. Yeah. Don't save that little girl. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't know if I can... It's a little bit of a leap to think that Emily is just okay with murdering people because... Well, she killed... She clearly killed her father. I think that's Well, they never, they, never, they never really, they never really say that because right. you can get the idea that she left, you know, because they should cut that... They right. cut to that scene where... Rose gets picked up by her dad. So maybe she leaves. Oh, I thought that was Emily getting picked up by her dad no. while Rose is looking under the bed. No, I don't know. I don't know then. But they never really say anything. This, they never, they kind of leave it open. It's why I really am not a huge fan of Emily and Rose's backstory because I think they needed more time in their flashbacks and I think they get the least amount of time. They're almost there to just bring Billy Lee to the table. Exactly. That's it. They're there to bring the devil to the, the yeah, hotel. And they, 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 they could probably. But again, you're probably looking at a, a longer movie, which isn't necessarily something I'm. This doesn't scare me, but I'm maybe it scared 20th Century Fox. Oh, it definitely like scares that. audiences. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah that, that could be stuff. one of those. I mean, you'd have to, it'd have to really be like, like a movie like Fast and Furious movies. Like they know they're going to get the people there. So Fast Furious 9 is what, like three hours? Yeah. So they understand that. So they also offered the Miles Miller role to Tom Holland and he passed. Thank God, because uh, too much. This guy does, he He's does fine. such a great job. And he should Bruce be somebody Bowman that you so don't good. know. He should be somebody that's a little lesser known. Because you've already got all the right. big stars. The other, and that's ones. no yeah. knock on Lewis Pullman. It's just it's good that it's always good to have somebody in a role that you don't really. I've never seen this person before. And he comes out and surprises right, you. Yeah. You don't know Tom Holland. All you're waiting for is Tom Holland. Plus, it's a little. He's. It's just it's he, he'd be too much. He'd be too much of a distraction. I think. Uh, Maybe acting wise at uh, that point in time. I don't know. This is Spider Man. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. It's only 2008. Yeah. yeah. So he passed on that. Now, I one of the notes I had, and we can get back into fighting about the movie, but one of the notes <laughs> I had is they call this movie a neo-noir film. Do you agree with that? Even though it takes place in the past, can you really call it that? No, it's a it's definitely a thriller. It's a mystery, but I don't know if it's I it mean, doesn't if it's really have no noir elements. Well, noir, yes. Neo-noir, like if it's if it's a it certainly doesn't have neo-noir. If it's elements. an alternate universe in the 60s, maybe you can call it that. But I, like, guess. I don't understand why neo-noir, I don't get that. I think in a noir that you're trying to solve a mystery usually, or there or is there some staple of a noir that you're following, and th this really doesn't have that. There's a mystery, but because you don't know who any of these characters are. But yeah. John Ham, if John Ham survived, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Then if he was trying to get to the bottom of stuff, but he doesn't really get to the bottom of stuff. His mission is get the tapes, get out. Mm -hmm. It's not to solve anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's a noir. We're definitely not a neo noir. My other note about there was tons of notes that I just didn't write down because I just wasn't interested in like every little thing. But right. one of the things that kind of I was just like, come on, was uh, there was such heavy secrecy in selling the script that he would uh, he only gave it to top executives at production companies and they would get a tablet. And after they read it, he would take the tablet away. It's like, really? I think I had read about that while it was in production, like 
because Cabin in the Woods was so like the the twist was so big at the end. Yeah. But this movie doesn't really have that kind of big Cabin in the Woods type twist. I Your be, characters yeah. all have mysterious backgrounds, but. I remember, I do remember lots of Cabin in the Woods, but I have not seen it in a while. I kind of need to go back and watch that. I think I saw it once in the theaters and once when it came out. But yeah, I have not yeah. seen it since like 2012. Because a lot of those movies are, you know, when you first watch them and you, and the, it, whether there was there's twist stuff, like like Shyamalan films and stuff like that, where right. there's that twist at the end, that kind of almost tricks you into a f- you know loving the film or like really looking favorably about a movie and you really do have to go back to movies and find other things in those films like 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 i really like signs i know signs gets maligned no i love signs but there's i love the scene in signs when he tells meryl swing away like all that stuff like that stuff and i like i like the village to a point like to a certain point you know what i mean like i i agree i don't hate the village yeah but right. like but like i'm saying like all those twist endings and i know that those are two Shyamalan films but like a movie like the sixth sense again another one uh but like cabin in the woods is like that i want to go back because i want to know if i'm gonna like cabin in the woods just the same or more now that i know what the twist is i don't think it necessarily is bad if you like a movie once because it has a twist and you sure, can't watch no, it again the experience is great right yeah. because sometimes it is just about that first experience yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're right that some like if you want your film to to live on past that, like Sixth Sense, it's a great story. There's a lot of emotion, but also there's a lot of stuff hidden in there that you're not going to catch in your first yeah, watch. Right. He's never looking at. Yeah. The yeah, twist really. Yep. 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 Leans itself toward a, a second watch. Right. Whereas the film like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Once you know what's going to happen. Once you know why they're there in the cabin. I'm wondering. Is if it, it going to be as good the right, next time? Right. But I don't think this movie necessarily has that in it. Because there's no, I don't think there's a twist. There's here. no twist. It's just a mysterious characters none of them right. have this big twist at the end right which i was kind of waiting for the first time we watched it i was waiting for maybe something supernatural or like that purgatory thing i was waiting for something like cabin in the woods uh, yeah i'm kind of glad it wasn't I'd no absolutely i think in, it helps that it's not yeah i'd rather have it set in real time so i want to i want to know your opinion on this because i thought this was kind of inconsistent all the chapters are room numbers are our rooms right with the exception of one Right. Billy Lee. Billy Lee. Do you think that's a little inconsistent? Shouldn't they just kept the chapters to just the people's names? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Because I was like, okay, why are we here now? Because it felt to me like, oh, oh, Craig, you wanted to tell this story, but you don't, you kind of blew your thing on, oh, shoot, wait a minute. I don't have a room number for him. I already flashed back to Rose, so I can't flash back to Rose the second time. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Absolutely. It should have been because also when they, Went to room, room, whatever. I was like, wait, who was in that room? They, they also go to rooms <laughs> and then like uh, they're there for like, or that story, they're there for like 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden the other story that we already had is intersecting in the story. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't like truly vignette like, so oh, don't sure. maybe don't do the chapters or do them just on the, on the people. I think that was trying to be very Tarantino. Yes, agreed. I don't think you need the chapter titles. I can get it if we flash back to that character in a different time period. Yeah. Or if we flash back to them, their POV for the certain event, which I did like the overlapping of the the time, like when Darlene watches Emily murder John Hamm's character and stuff like that. I liked that. Was good. I liked That's all from, good. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think you need. I think that does you're looking at the audience as stupid when you do that with the chapter titles, mm-hmm. but also the audience is stupid. Cause even I didn't know what room number everybody was in. Yeah. I was like, uh, the only one I kind of uh, knew was room five, room four, because he picked the wrong room. Right. And then the honeymoon suite, which is just, they just say, one. they call it room one. It's like, just say the honeymoon suite. Like, yeah. Well, if yeah. you said the honeymoon suite, it would have made more sense. Tell me what I'm not, this isn't a negative. I'm just, <laughs> tell me what Darlene's arc is, what her story arc is. She finally stands up to the men that keep pushing her around. 
Okay. She's, she's become independent. She becomes strong. She becomes someone who speaks for herself, who acts for herself, who really takes care of herself. Are we to assume that she is staying in Reno because she has that money? Like she is not going to go back to LA and have to schlep for that guy. That was, like, he makes that insult where he's like, you'll be playing pancake night. And Reno's like, what, what is this? Did you make up this insult? <laughs> okay. She's still playing a gig in Reno. Like, you know, she, like, it's not Vegas. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Like she's a backup singer for somebody else and he's acting like she's a headliner. He can make her a headline. He basically just wants to sleep with her. I know. So if he sleeps with her, he, she gets what she needs. Right. Um, so what do you think? Like the money that she, like clearly they split the money. So right. what do you think her story is after? Like what's happening after with them? Oh, she's going to take care of him because he's going to keep forgetting things. Well, he's got money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't think he lasts much longer because even uh, when he's in the uh, with the doc in the prison, he tells him, "What are your parole? You should last oh, not that long." No, he, yeah, yeah, no, I get that, but he's, he's at the show. a couple of weeks. <laughs> but he's at the show, and, right? He's yeah. at the show. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe she goes tries to use that money to go off and sell some demo tapes or or get some recordings or something like that. I right. think she tries to make her dream happen with that money, mm-hmm. um, with the confidence that you know she's more independent than she was than she was. Right. But I think that's that's her arc, and and all these bad people who only think for themselves kind of help her in a way to try to act for herself in her mm-hmm. own independent kind of way because mm-hmm. she's stuck with them. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Her okay. Answer. I was curious. I read somewhere that they said that this was Chris Hemsworth's best performance. I disagree. What do you think his best performance is? George Kirk. Yeah. Well, that's the one that got him Thor. No, that, that, I can understand that. His emotions as he's about to die or yeah. what, like you're watching it going, oh, what? What's good? Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Billy Lee, actually. I actually, I do like him. The only problem is that uh, he like, he really gloms it on. It he sense. does. Yeah. But again, you're okay with style, so you should be okay with it. I am. It's just he's a little more. He's really snake like. Really, maybe I just don't. Maybe really I just negative. don't like him. Really negative. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I just don't like him as the characters. So I don't like. I understand. Yeah. No, that's. I, there's a point where like he 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 does like the same action several times where he sits down and puts stuff down on the throws the the reel of film. He throws it on the table like three times. He he at one point he comes around and he takes the gun from his his partner like he's going to start doing the roulette thing right his hand. but like he puts the gun in his back pocket in his in his in the back of his jeans and then he pulls it right out the next scene it's like so why'd you put it in the back of your jeans like there's there's stuff that he does that doesn't when you edit it together it's like what what are you doing like it doesn't make any sense there's no flow uh, to that stuff there's no thought right. out process okay well i should just have the gun and then all that stuff. they're giving him stuff to do yeah exactly and that and and you know his best his best performance in in this movie is when Darlene tells him twice, like he realizes that she can't, he can't crack her. Yeah, and he's wanna, got that look on his face. Like he just doesn't want to, you just want to screw. You want to screw. That's the second that's time. It, yeah. She does it in the first time. She right. does it again. And then he's just like, all right. Okay. Like you get that. <laughs> that he does that very well. And I, and I, right. I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, so I do think he does a, a, a really nice job. I just, I agree with you. There's there's a lot of style in his performance, and I mean, obviously, there's a lot of style. He's that he's supposed to be he's that charismatic be, yeah. leader. Yeah, no, I get that. And, and clear, I think clearly, there's no problem sleeping with thirteen year olds. Right. I I think the still a little bit more stillness is probably what I'd be looking for in that right. performance because, like you say, he moves around way too much, and it's mm-hmm. like they're trying to find something from to do. Right. It's like, but if you're trying to command, maybe that's what it is when you're trying to command a room. Yeah. It's the stillness that really commands the room. 
So he's kind of like moving around, snaking, yeah. walking to each crew member. I'm kind of like, eh, doesn't strengthen yeah, him. I got you. Uh, I don't like how Miles dies. I know Miles has to die. I understand that. But I don't like how it goes down because I just don't understand why he instantly like he he goes to Rose and drops the gun just so that she can knife him. Like, we know that's coming. Like, you know, it's coming five minutes. before. you know what I mean? So just do it a different way where she just gets the drop on him or he doesn't see her and she's behind him and whatever. It's like, I don't get I don't like that. I never. It doesn't make any sense to me why he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's like, why? Well, there's no, you, you're just this killing machine and now you stopped. You've, you've already killed a woman. So it doesn't, we've already know you have no problem with that. So I didn't like Well, the it. woman had a gun and was trying to kill but her. He, but she was taking cover and he just, you know. She was taking cover so she can get a drop on Regardless, her. I don't like how, I don't like how it goes down. Sure. I mean, you see it coming. I mean, Rose does have to kill Miles. I it definitely that. has to be the child that kills Miles. Um, but yeah, maybe getting the drop on him would be better. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't remember that. That I remember that Rose killed him, but I, I remember thought he, she kind of got the drop. On I remember him. he got knifed, and then apparently she knows how to gut somebody because she guts him. So I imagine Rose has killed a few people. You, I, you imagine a lot of things in terms of yes, she has killed people, but you like give this. You you do this thing where you're like, well, she probably figured out how to. No, no, I want to say she probably figured I out it in the story. She knifed him. She gutted him. She takes it and then she goes across. It's a cool moment. I like it. I enjoy. I don't need to see every character know how to do. I don't need to see her lesson flashback twenty years ago. And Billy was like, "You got to take the knife. You got to twist it. You got to." I don't need. You really need to be. That's that seems like handholding to me in terms of the character. Like a thirteen-year-old girl. I can infer a thirteen-year-old girl who knees another girl in the the nards to do stuff. Like girls don't have nards, dude. (laughs) In the lady nards, Uh, uh, like. I, I get that Rose has been into some stuff because you you know who Billy Lee's supposed to be. You know what cult she's part of. But you know that he didn't sink. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know he didn't sanction her killing that doctor because he says, you know what, she's double deal with that. Right. You know that that wasn't his intent. That wasn't impro- approved. Right. right. So, I mean, he not saying Billy's not, he's not called. He is culpable of, in terms of what happened. But oh, yeah. He didn't, you know, understand. He didn't realize what she was going to do. Uh uh-uh. I just, I don't know. I just, I need motivation in the story. That's all. I'm not saying I need to, I need to have a 10 minute scene where she's gutting a deer with her dad. And you know, <laughs> like I get that. <laughs> I just, it's fine. It's fine. It's a nice moment. I just, again, I just don't like how it goes down because I just don't like the only way miles dies is if he's got to drop the gun. So yeah. how do we get him to drop his gun? He, he, it, suddenly, it should come out of nowhere. I do yeah, agree with that. Yeah, that's all. He should be talking to them. Like, all right, now we're going to get it. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, something like there. that. Uh, that's fine. That works. If, I do I mean, like that. Flynn just shoots Rose. Like, yeah, good. Thought because he's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna forget about us. Oh, I, I also love when he headbutts uh, Billy. Oh, and the uh, yes, yeah. I, I when he's in prison, I thought that was Jason Momoa and as, as a cellmate. I was trying I was to figure like, out who that guy was. was just some dude. I, was, I yeah. looked him up. I'm like, why is he? What? <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> Maybe the, he's the one laying with the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more Momo <laughs> with a live wolf. All right. So, I mean, we. why do you think it was forgotten? How about that? I think it came up against way too many movies. I think this movie is, I, I love this movie. Okay, I think right. the story is great. I think the Little characters, glasses. the acting, <laughs> I think the style is there. I think it's original and unique in a time where like, there are not very many movies that, I watch in a theater. I, I I like them, but they're always like, all right, that's this movie. That's this movie again. 
Like I, I love Joker, but that's Taxi Driver again. Yeah. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that's just a Tarantino movie with less violence. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to go not, down this road. I am not you're saying that they're. On Once Upon a Time I am Hollywood. not saying that they're bad movies, but right. this movie was something I watched. Going, I won't watch. A, there's not going to be another movie like that that I watch in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like you said, October is not a slow month for movies anymore and you can't you're going up against venom which is a big movie a terrible big movie but it's a big movie <laughs> i was a loser like you eddie let me make out with lady me oh, eddie God, jump in that lobster tank eddie always look like you're sweating stank eddie. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just sweating you're sweating balls sweat everywhere oh, come on it's bad yeah. uh you're going up against the halloween um sequel which which was had a lot of buzz which had a lot of buzz and was really good yeah it was good um it's not and this movie's packaged what's it i just like people's complaining halloween how he gets away it's like he gets away all the time people but yeah like, he that's, that's the thing i mean I, i'm sorry but like do you watch these movies <laughs> you get away that's no the expectation all right go ahead. <laughs> uh and i think this movie if i remember correctly was kind of packaged like it was going to be like a horror thriller like it was way more of a thriller than a mystery i, I think that they they bet on the style of this movie attracting a lot of people. I think the fact that he did Cabin in the Woods too put it back in October. He did it's yeah, but he this did is a, but he did this after The Martian. But The Martian was something he wrote, not directed. True, but you but I mean for the, I, the I, Martian, I get it. Yeah. yeah, put this late August. Put this September. Put this. Yeah, get it out of February, October. Maybe mean. get it out of October. Get it out of March. Get it out of summer. It's a long movie for the summer, but yeah, I, it may August because that's the end of summer. Well, yeah, yeah, end of August. I said, don't put it in the no, summer. I know, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I mean, the cast is great. Don't put it in the, the winter. The, yeah. the look of the film is fantastic. Um, but yeah, you're going against, it's it's about acting. It's about the look of the film. Don't go up against the Oscar contenders, but don't go up against big Halloween heavy hitters either. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I uh, think this yeah. is a very unique movie that needs to go into time when more out there movies experimental movies come out and i think it was pigeonholed against a lot of movies that weren't huge but were very big do you think this movie would have been done better if it didn't have stars in it if it was like because the 31 million 32 million down they all took pay cuts right uh, you know th- that's a small budget so do you think this movie would have been received better publicly not critically acclaimed but more by the by an audience no i don't I like, think that like this movie makes people stars kind of thing. It, it that could do well, but could f- anybody but Jeff Bridges really play a great father Flynn? Yeah. You like that? It's called Flynn like from Tron. I don't like that. I didn't even realize that until right now. Now, now, now. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, Jeff Bridges does a really, really he's good job. Really, really great job. But like, uh, but you can, I think this, you talk about how this is like a play. You could rewrite this and just have it all take place in the lobby you're probably gonna have to change stuff obviously but you've got a you got good characters here where like if you just put it in the lobby and that was the set you might have yourself a nice little play there you can absolutely do this as a stage play even if you have like a hotel room that just kind of stays like the most of the set is the lobby and you have one hotel room that just kind of rotates rotates yeah Yeah. Yeah. no and then you have one room that just has different characters absolutely yeah uh you don't need John Hamm. Cynthia Revo is an amazing actress and does a great job in this film. She's kind of an unknown at this point, though. Yeah, no, I think um, this. I mean, she Miles at is this unknown. point was she before? This is before Harriet. 
that well yeah that's not what makes this movie probably brought made her a star kind of not made her a star but kind of put her like I oh, think it kind of yeah put her, yeah, yeah. So this probably yeah so there you go. Jeannie Jumphan, I don't know Dakota Johnson. Is she really a huge star at this point? John Hamm's career is weird because like he'll never play. Uh, honestly, he'll never play anybody better than Don Draper. Don Draper's fantastic, like that Mad Men role. But like he's never really in movies where he's the lead anymore. It's always like it's almost like he got his money and he's just like I want to do some fun stuff, which is cool. Oh, absolutely. But like I, I'd like to see him in like as a lead. I something. would love to see. I think yeah. he's a great actor. And oh, I think absolutely. He has a lot of range to him. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He's always in weird, fun little, I don't know if that's just how it is. He's pretty big in tag. He's one of the main people in tag, but I think that's probably one of the only baby driver. He's good in that, but he's he's great, but he's not the lead baby driver. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but but he wouldn't be, but you you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's very interesting for a big television actor like that with so much acclaim doing all these small roles, but I think that's great. Well, I, listen, I'm, I, I'm not, it's right, not I, negative. I totally I just, agree with you. I'd I like want to more. see John Hammond yeah, more, for yeah, sure. That's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think... You my, could definitely do this. Well, to answer your question, okay, go ahead. yes, you can, but it would be a Netflix original film. This? And I will never have watched it. Whoa. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing. I think if this movie was a little bit dirtier... Maybe I wouldn't be so like this. I wouldn't be so apparently negative as Butler says on the style. I uh, yeah, I can see that's what you want. I do (laughs) because because like you think about the movies you watched in the seventies and they're not they don't they don't look perfect. They're not everything's not cool and slick and great. Um, and even like this this they're in a hotel that is in disrepair. They're in a hotel that's not. Like when she, he's like that room has, when uh, Emily Summerspring says, you know, he's like that room hasn't been prepared. She's like, I don't care. I'll take it. It still looks fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think if it, there was a little more dirt and grit and just, it wasn't as, it didn't look as great. Like why is everything work? Everything shouldn't work in the lobby. You know what I mean? Like it should look like there's not like, it's fully stocked. Like the, 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 the bar is fully stocked. It shouldn't right. be. The auto witch 9,000, like all that stuff. She's and she's like, I don't trust those sandwiches, but you trust the pie. So it's that stuff. I think if it wasn't as sleek, maybe I wouldn't be so. Maybe things wouldn't just pop up in my head about like, what about this? What about that? That's all. Maybe I just want a little bit more dirt, a little more grit. Maybe that's it. Just just in the overall look. Don't look at me like that. I don't listen. That's what you want in the film, and that's fine. I enjoy the slickness. I enjoy the sleekness because it gives it a different look than everything else. Everything nowadays either has to be a Marvel movie. Ooh. Uh, Shots fired. Not Kevin slick. Feige. It's just clean. All Marvel movies are just clean. And I'm tired of that. They all have the same palette. Yeah. And then you've got other movies where it's just grit. Like I said, Joker. I love Joker. It's just grit. Well, that's a little too much. I get um, you there. That's too much grit. And and, and this this kind of just sleekness is interesting it's like the worst city in the world like why would anybody live there <laughs> i'm moving out <laughs> i'd rather be homeless on the side of a road it's like Chicago terrible it's like a terrible terrible city it's like i get it i get what you're trying to do but it wasn't that bad like <laughs> uh but I enjoy the sleekness but i can see that that might turn people off but i enjoy that kind of heightened reality plainness of it all is what makes me enjoy it that opening scene in the lobby i, I I'm, I'm just watching it for scene? the next time and i'm just like yes that everything is great you know some of the like, that is my accoutrement there yeah 
if you could, I have claimed stake to the honeymoon yeah, suite. Yeah, he says that enough, accoutrement like five, five times. <laughs> be my fucking guest. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. When she picks room one, um, the, the single shot scene where he's in the back of the hotel and the whole thing is done as one single shot, going back between Darlene singing, right, right. Father Flynn ripping up the floorboards, yep, uh, yep. Emily bringing in Rose. It's absolutely, some of those shots are amazing and play-like and great acting and great directing and great just staging. And it's why I love this movie. It's it's the thought of making a movie like this that really intrigues me. And I think that also it's part of its detriment. It's a filmmaker or actor's kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular audience's kind of movie. So this would have never made money, is that what you're saying? I'm surprised it didn't make as much as it would. If it was somewhere else, it would have made a lot of uh, more money. But this was never going to be a huge hit. Yeah. It was never going to be a cabin in the woods type thing. It was never going to replicate that success. Right. Do you think that this movie would have done better if it just was streaming? Not on Netflix because you don't watch them there. But if it was just streaming on HBO Max or something? Or- I don't. Listen, I wouldn't watch it, but I think it would have done better on Netflix. Did the 20th Century Fox, it would be on uh, Disney Plus. Well, onto the even. No, it's rated R. I'm waiting for their Hulu. Oddly enough, when I typed in, I was trying to find this because apparently I let my Blu ray to somebody. I think my parents, and I couldn't find it. I don't have it. Um, So I looked it up, free streaming, and I looked it up, and it's on DisneyPlus.com on the Google search engine, but you click it, and it's like, oh, this movie doesn't exist. Well, supposedly so they're our content's supposed are they to be going ready? somewhere. Exactly. I mean, we had all this big Disney investor picture doing 85 Star Wars shows. We can't get in our radar movies. Let's get some bad times in here. <laughs> My couchement. <laughs> but yes, I think streaming this would have done better. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, hopefully we didn't ruin the movie for anybody. Uh, hopefully you maybe you watched it already before you listen to us talk. Mike, who are we? We're Forgotten Cinema. We're a podcast about forgotten films, uh, like you said. Right. I did. Uh, this is uh, I did say that. Where can they find us? Oh, which is the Mike, question you usually ask. Working. Oh, really? Yeah. I have to ask for the. Uh, I have to specifically. You don't ask say who we are. That's what oh, you usually say at BC. That's my, why. Sorry, I, we I started do, to go into the wrong spiel. We do so many shows that I. Don't, I we're so popular. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. Oh, sorry. That's the other show. <laughs> so popular, doing all this content for free. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not really. But uh, so, Mike, uh, where can they find us? You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Ghana Podcasts. If you're out of this country if you live in india just say if you live in india if you live in india <laughs> check us out um give us a rating a review you can also find us at forgotten cinema um check us out on the social medias we post a new commercial every thursday and comment let us know email us drop us a line let us know what you'd like to see us talk about you know we might not do it right away but we'll get to it eventually we got a list of a ton of films let us know what you think of bad times the royale why what is it the, were you trying to get everyone against me i like the movie I'm not trying to get everybody against you. I'm just just joking. But I mean, if you could. (laughs) (laughs) So next week we are doing, uh, I guess, a movie from 2001, Scotland, PA. It's an adaptation of the uh, play Macbeth. I don't know if you've heard of this play. It's uh, by Shakespeare. Have you heard of it? Shakespeare? Yeah. Who's that? It's a guy. So uh, we're doing that next week. Scotland, PA. Uh, Until then, I'd have nothing else for you. So I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.